0: I fully expected people to sing during that, but, you know, I'm sure in Modesto, you were going crazy singing the song, Take Me Out to the Ball. I don't know if you read the screen when it was up there, but I, by the way, I'm Troy. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome, New Life Modesto at the Dream Center. Welcome online, and welcome here at the Lathrop Campus. We're glad you're with us. Um, I, I wanted you to that that song is not about baseball. If you read it, it's not about, it blew me away the song was about a girl whose beau, whose boyfriend, wanted to take her on a date, and he said, hey, let's go to the show. And instead of going to the show, she said, I want to go to the ball game. So she began to sing him a song that she wrote, take me out to the ball. Isn't that fascinating? Nobody's fascinated but Troy. That's <laughs> exciting. Well, happy Easter. I'm glad you're with us. I am a big believer in shape. You wonder like, why is he carrying a bat? Well, because it's a baseball themed Easter message today. I'm excited that you get to be the first of five times that we're sharing this message throughout the weekend. God is doing some great things and we're excited about about it. I'm a big believer in shaking things up and approaching ideas through maybe an unexpected perspective, right? When you, like, How many of y'all know church sometimes can be a little bit boring? Anybody say yes? Whoa, I'm offended. Totally. I'm totally. No, I'm just kidding. It can, I get it. I get it. And so it's, it, we want to be do things maybe a little unexpected, kind of like the billboard. This billboard, it actually said at the top, Minnesota Cremation Society. And then it said this, life is short. Think outside the box. And I thought, that is a great answer. Right? Wouldn't that be a great billboard? Think some of you don't. It's a cremation society. Think out, think outside the box. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to think differently when it comes to church. And I work really, really hard trying to make sure that you are connecting with God's word. And I don't think there's anything wrong with connecting with God's word through a different lens, through maybe a different tool, a different method in doing that. And so today, I want to present to you the Easter message through a different perspective. And that's through approaching Easter through the theme of baseball. Everybody say yes, right? Yes. Now, when you say yes, I want the people in Modesto to hear you. Everybody say yes, yes. So here we go. Baseball... Excites us not everybody, but for people that are fans of baseball baseball inspires us it excites us the crack of the bat the grand slam the the, the no hitters that are being pitched right the, the cheers oh this is the greatest. The cheers of the crowd when the home team comes from behind, and in the bottom of the ninth inning, they come back and they victoriously win the game. I'm telling you, that's when it gets exciting in baseball. It's the same, it's the same with church. I think we should feel excited when we talk about Jesus. I think we should feel excited when we sing about Jesus because 2,000 years ago, when all hope was lost, when it was the bottom of the night, when Satan had already declared victory because Jesus was dead and buried in the tomb, he rose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave, and he bought for us eternal life. And this thing called salvation can be ours. We can be, we're not under the weight of sin anymore I said we're not under the weight of sin any longer we can be free we win because Jesus Christ won somebody say amen hey listen if you're at the Lathrop campus those of you that are Modesto you can dial into this too and online but tonight starts a new ministry for us tonight starts our young adult ministry so if you are a graduate or out of high school and you're going all the way through your mid-20s, we want to invite you to be a part of our young adult ministry. Yeah, baby, come on now. Afterwards, you can be married, you can be single, um, you can be single again. Whatever you're at in life, we want you to join us on this journey. And every week, right after the gathering here in Lathrop, the young adult ministry is going to do something fun, something exciting. They're going to hang out together, develop relationships. What are you doing tonight, Pastor Michael? They're going to Itchy. Um, they're going to go to Itchy Bon. It's a Japanese. I said Itchy. I should have said Itchy It's a Japanese, you know, restaurant. That's what I call it. So it's going to be exciting. You can join us at 7:15, 7. 7:30. 7. It's going to be an exciting time. I hope that you get to go. It's up through the ages of 51. So we're going to have a great time tonight. Yes, baseball excites us, but baseball can frustrate us too. I don't know about you, but I've gone to many baseball games. It's not my favorite sport in the world because I'm totally a football fan, right? But, but I go to baseball games and I like watching them, but it can frustrate us, especially if you, like any sport, if you don't understand the rules or if you don't understand the lingo or you don't understand the strategy. It can feel a little frustrating to you. Uh, by the way, those cracker jacks, some of you are like, can we eat these in church? Is this like, okay? yes, eat, eat, if you want to enjoy it, that's fine with me. I remember as a boy, my my parents took me to a, we lived in the Midwest, and my parents took me to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. Man, I was so jazzed to go to this baseball game. And we're at this game, and the game uh, was going on, and the pitcher uh, uh, threw the ball, and he threw the ball, so the catcher would stand up and catch it way outside the plate. And I thought to myself, well, this is nuts. This is crazy. Isn't one of the key principles of the game for the pitcher to strike the person who's up to bat out, right? Isn't one of the, the, the key uh, uh, parts of the game is for the, the team that's uh, on offense throwing the ball, if, if they're the ones that are, not they supposed to keep people off base? But instead, he threw a, uh, he, threw the, uh, uh, he, he walked the guy so that they could get on base. Why, why, would, why did it frustrate me? Because I didn't understand what was going on. I, I didn't get the strategy. I didn't, some of y'all, get, I didn't get the strategy of the game. And sometimes at church, it's the same. The church can have like unwritten rules and, and Christian lingo and Christian language that nobody understands except people that go to church. Guys, at New Life, we want to do things differently. We're not saying that the people are wrong, but here in this outpost for the kingdom of God, for what God is doing here, we want to do things a little bit differently. That's why you'll hear me explaining things, repeating things. We don't want anybody to feel like an outsider. Somebody say amen. Nobody should feel like an outsider. You see, I think baseball and Easter can kind of go hand in hand. So you might have a question. And your question might be, well, Troy, how does baseball and Easter, how does baseball and church go together? Man, I am really glad you asked, because tonight I'm going to take you on a journey, a rapid journey, like a, like a machine gun journey, a, a very quick journey. But I'm going to give you 10 ways... That church and Easter, uh, or the, the, the Easter and, and baseball go together. Are you ready for this? Number one. Everybody say number one. In yeah. Modesto, say number one. I know you didn't say it because I'm not there. Say number one. There we go. I hope you said it. I, I'm still trusting you did. Most of us, number one, most of us have some experience with it. Most of us have some experience with it. Most of us have been to a baseball game for you know, one reason or another. Maybe it was a little league game. We watched a nephew play. Maybe we went to a big league game. Uh, maybe we watched somebody play. Maybe watched our dad play. Or maybe we played at a baseball game when we were a kid. But most of us are a little bit familiar because we've been to a game at one time or another. And most of us have some church exposure as well. Whether that's good or whether that's bad. We have church exposure. Maybe as a kid, your grandmama, she took you to church. And you thought, well, this is special. And maybe it was good. Maybe you enjoyed your Sunday school or your kid's church. But maybe you didn't. Maybe you had a bad experience. Either way, I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad you're dialing in online. I'm glad you're joining us at the Modesto campus. Some, like my wife, uh, rode to church as a two-year-old. They helped her. They picked her up at, at home on a bus, two years old. Two. And her mom and daddy sent her outside to walk to the church bus that was at the curb. And she would walk out there and the bus driver would get off and pick her up and put her on the bus as a two-year-old child. And you got to kind of wonder what's going on in the heads of parents that would do something like that. But that's how my wife started going to church. And had she not been going to church, I never would have gone to church when I met this beautiful girl when we were in high school together. And we would have never been on the journey that we're on together. So I'm telling you, you go, some people start very young. Some people start a little bit later on in life. And I don't know what your church experience really is. It could be good or it could be bad. But my hope is that you'll find a place to belong amen. here at New Life Church. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hey, number two, sometimes it feels like it's never going to end. <laughs> sometimes it feels like, sometimes a baseball game feels like it's just never going to end, right? Uh, especially if you're, you're not really into the game. Maybe, maybe, maybe the weather's really bad. When there's very little action, like nobody's hitting the ball, it just kind of drags. On and on, and some of you are already saying, well, that's what church is to me. I'm glad you're being honest. I'm being really honest with you tonight. Church has a reputation of kind of being like that, of not being relevant to you in your life. And how am I going to apply what I'm learning when I get in the parking lot, when I get to work tomorrow, or when I get to, when I have to go to, back to school and back to class again? How am I going to make this be a, be effective in my life? Um, church sometimes can, whether it's the hymns, remember the hymns? I We sang a hymn just now, the very end. They were beautiful. But some of those hymns, I got to be honest with you, apparently nobody ever liked the fourth verse because it was like first, second, and fifth verse we're going to sing. We're not going to do the third or fourth. Um, I don't know what it was about that, but, or you'd sing all 19 of the verse, you know what I'm talking about, uh, and it would just kind of drag on and on and on and on. Um, Some of you might be offended by me saying that, but most people are like, oh, I totally understand what you're talking about, right? It just kind of drags on and on. Um, Church should be uplifting. Somebody say amen, yeah? Church should be uh, challenging and life-changing because church should be all about Jesus. There's also the preachers that just don't know when to stop, but we're not gonna talk about them because we're gonna respect them right now. Okay, here we go. How about number three? So many traditions. Baseball's that way. So many traditions. Traditions, people don't even know why they exist, but so many traditions. In church, it can be like, we call them sacred cows, or load-bearing walls, some people call them. And in other words, there are things that we're not willing to change because Aunt Susie's uh, did this for us once upon a time and we should never, I'm telling you what, we're not gonna go there at New Life. We have this, this kind of mantra about us is that we're gonna constantly change everything. And the reason we're gonna constantly change everything so that nobody gets married to anything whatsoever because we're not about stuff, we're not about programs, we're, not, we're about Jesus Christ and what he does. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. I said say amen. I'm just kidding, right? Yes, right. All right, how about number four? Number four, long lines for food and drink. We like to eat as Christians, don't we? Yes, we do. The God said stay balanced. And I said, yes, Lord, my bubble is in the middle. That's right, that's what I'm talking about, right? Because we live a balance now. We like to eat, and we want to make sure that you eat and drink here. The baseball, it's the same way. How many of you like to go to games because you like, be honest, you like the dog, and the cheese fries you know talking about yes yeah that's what we do at church too how about this number three or or number number five it requires oh we're gonna get serious now it requires sacrifice in baseball a a, a batter bats and, and 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 intentionally hits the ball for a base run knowing that he's gonna get out and he sprints off the first base and he sacrifices himself so that they'll throw the ball to first place so that the guy on third can, can run home. It's, it's a sacrifice that, that, that you make. Sacrifice is what Easter is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's about sacrifice. There is a God, a real God in heaven, who gave his one and only Son, Jesus, thereby paying the penalty of all your sins, of all my sins. Everyone that we have committed, are committing, or will commit. It's hard, it blows my mind when we think about this, so that we don't have to pay the price for them. It's called sacrifice. Newsflash, your life is not all about you. Your life is not all about you. People need you. Let me tell you this. Your life can really count. It, can, it really does matter. You really can make a difference with your life. And we want you to do that here at New Life. But it's going to require some sacrifice. And in New Life, we believe we'll give up things we love for things we love even more. And that's part of who we are as the church. Number six, at some point, we all get to stand and sing. In a baseball game that comes to the seventh inning, they call it the what? The seventh inning stretch. And that's when they sing the song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Everybody stands, everybody sings. It's like this choir of 30,000 people that are singing, half of them have had a little bit too much alcohol but they're singing this song and they're celebrating together, let me tell you it's similar to Easter, it's similar to church because in church we should be the happiest people on the planet, we should celebrate what Jesus has done for us with singing and clapping and dancing and shouting because he's worth it somebody say amen, because he's worth it, we gather together not as one on the stage for a big audience. We gather together as everybody on the stage for an audience of one. And his name is Jesus Christ. And we're telling him, You're worth it. You're my God. You're my savior. You're my healer. You're my redeemer. You're my one that's gonna take me home. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 23 says: Sing to the Lord, all the earth proclaim his salvation day after day. It's not that you have to sing in church. No, you get to sing in church, right? It's not that you have to stand in church. You get to stand in church. It's not that you have to clap because Trinity's up here saying, come on, everybody clap. Some of us, some of us clap on one and three. Some of us clap on two and four, but nevertheless, you get to clap in church. Amen, yes? Number seven, are y'all with me? Say yes. Modesto, say Yes. It's a team endeavor. This is community. Guys, it's community. We we need If you're new, we need one another. If you've been with us for a long time, you know that we need one of, we're, we're all a bunch of crackpots. Somebody said, uh, where are the normal people? I don't know, I don't know. You're here, right? I'm here, right? There's no normal people here. We're all, we're all in this thing called life together, and we need one another. Now listen very closely. Your personal relationship with God is personal. You will not get to heaven because your grandmama loved Jesus. You will not get to heaven because you went to church. You will only get to heaven if you personally invite Jesus Christ into your life and ask him to forgive you and cleanse you of all the stupid stuff that you've done in your life. But, but, while it's personal, your relationship with Jesus, we also need one another as friends, and in relationship. The Bible puts it this way in Proverbs chapter 27 verse number 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Also tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse number five, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. We need one another, God is with us. Number eight, there's something beautifully unifying when we gather together now i know some of you are joining us online and that's the way that you're able to join us in church as long as you're engaging you're gathering with us together And what do i mean by engaging what i mean by it is not just watching and nobody knows you're there but put something in the comments. Be courageous. Say hello. Make sure that you've shown that you're there because somebody else needs to know that you're there also. We need one another. We need, and there's something beautifully unifying when we gather together. In, in, in baseball, the energy is palatable when the crowd is really into it. In any sport, it's that. I mean, if nothing else, we discovered that from COVID, did we not? Like they had to put like the fake crowd sounds in when you're watching on television. Like you're like, I know nobody's there, right? But but it just, it's, it, it loses its energy. Um, there's more adrenaline flowing. The athletes can perform at a higher level. Did you know that because of the energy of the crowd, the average athlete can perform at an intensity level of 15% higher than they could without the crowd? That's why the home field advantage is so important. Literally, you're stronger and you're faster because of the support of the crowd when we gather together as a church family there is energy and there is strength and there is support and there is love there's camaraderie that is there and the gathering can be in a traditional church building like we have at our modesto campus the gathering can be in a in a a warehouse like we have right here The gathering can be in a park like we have tomorrow morning at River Islands. The gathering can be in a movie theater like we have tomorrow morning at at the AMC in Manteca. The the gathering can be in in a taekwondo studio that I'm pleased to tell you our next church will open in Decula, Georgia, suburb of Atlanta in the month of May at a taekwondo school that will be there. You're like, what, what, what's that all about, Taekwondo Studio? Maybe some of you know, some of you don't know. I founded an organization called Christian Black Belt Academies. I'm a seventh degree black belt, a master martial artist for many, many years, and I have a whole lot of studios and schools around the nation, and one of our largest studios we have um, uh, would like to start it. They, they're, a lot of the people are dialing in online, and they say, can we just start a campus right here in the Taekwondo Studio, and they're going to gather together, about 20, 25 people that are going to gather together every Sunday just to worship Jesus in a karate school because they want to love. God together come on somebody say amen yes it doesn't matter if we gather together at home like in Casper Wyoming where people are gathering together as a part of our new life family it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the facility it doesn't when we gather together there is power if any two should agree as touching any one thing it shall be done where two or three are gathered together in my name there I am right there in their midst Matthew 18 for where two or three gather together I am there I'm there with you number nine We will never be perfect, but we get a play anyway. We'll never be perfect, but we get a play anyway. The one thing I think about baseball is the players fail way more than they succeed. In fact, statistically, they suck, right? Can I say that? They're just horrible. Like like if a hitter misses, uh, strikes out seven out of 10 times, he's considered an awesome baseball player. That doesn't even make sense, right? 30% of the time, batting 300 is an incredible batter in, in baseball, right? And, and hitters, they, they're not gonna hit the ball every time they're at bat. In fact, hitters won't even make it to first base the vast majority of the time. The truth is, most hitters are going to get out when they step up to the plate. Yet, they're still contributors to the team oh here we go in church it's just like that the truth is we failed you failed and i failed we we done messed up didn't we we we've we've sinned the bible says we've fallen short of the glory of god we haven't loved our neighbors we haven't said hello to our neighbors in a while We, we we haven't obeyed god Romans 5.8 tells us, says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we struck out, Jesus still loves you. You mess up. Listen, let me give you Troy's version. While I was an idiot and acting a fool, Jesus loved me anyway and died for my nut job choices. That's how I look at the Bible. And that's what he did for me. And number 10, Home is the final destination. I played Little League when I was a kid. I wasn't very good. I never was good. But I played Little League. Um, In fact, uh, um, the problem was when I would get up to the plate, um, well, the pitcher would pitch it. I'd drop the bat and I'd jump back. That was my, like, thing. I guess it was my signature move, I suppose. Um, But that's because I was afraid. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I was afraid that the ball was going to hit me. I mean, dear Lord, there's a fourth grader throwing the ball. How much control does he really have? You know, (laughs) I I was afraid. I jump out of the batter. Fear has a way of paralyzing us, doesn't it? I remember early in the spring. The year was—it's going to blow you away. 1980. Uh, Early in the spring, I was practicing baseball. I was playing with a friend of mine. His name was Jeremy. Lived down the block from me. Born and raised in Oskaloosa, Iowa. It's a little town in Southeast Iowa. We were throwing the baseball back and forth. And I shared with my friend, 1980, that I was afraid of the ball. That when the pitcher would pitch it, I would drop the bat and then I would jump back because I didn't want to get hit by the ball. I remember him asking me, have you ever been hit by the ball before? And I said, no. <laughs> I, I, don't, I just was afraid that it would... I don't know, somehow it would hurt really bad or it would break me or it would kill me, imagine stuff in my mind. Uh, that was the end of the conversation until the 4th of July, 1980. And here I am, I'm nine years old and we're playing a baseball game on the 4th of July. I'm up to bat, and who do you suppose is pitching the ball? But my neighbor friend was a friend, Jeremy, right? For some reason, Jeremy remembered that I said, I'm afraid. And so what do you think he did? I remember it like it was yesterday and I'm an older man right now. Uh, he pitched an inside fastball knowing that I was afraid of the ball. And you know what my response was, right? I dropped the bat and I jumped back because, because I was afraid. Now, I've learned, and it's taken me decades to get through this so that PTSD was tremendous, but I've forgiven Jeremy, right? <laughs> He was just doing what a pitcher should do. That's the job of the pitcher. But a pitcher will use fear against you. So what happened? I remember it like it, was, like it was yesterday. My coach called timeout. My coach, now he knew I wasn't a very good baseball player, but my coach called timeout and he came out to me and he took a knee, this adult with a nine-year-old boy, and he said to me, Troy. I know you're scared. Nobody else can hear this, just him and me. I know you're scared. But it's time for you to be courageous. You gotta stay in that batter's box. You gotta keep your eye on the ball. And when you see the ball, the one that you wanna swing at, you swing, you make connection with that ball, you follow through, and you, I mean, as fast as you can. And when you hit that ball, don't you stop. You drop the bat and you run as fast as you can to first base and you keep your eyes on the coach because the coach is going to tell you if you should go on to second base or not. And then when you get to second base, keep your eyes on the third base coach because he's going to tell you if you should come. And if you get to third base, he's going to tell you to go or he's going to tell you to stay. But you got to run. You got to run. It's time for you to be courageous. Can you do this? And I remember saying, yes, coach, I can do this. Hmm satan is the pitcher in this game the game of life and some of you know exactly what i'm talking about sometimes he'll throw you curveballs and you got all kinds of marriage problems that you didn't see coming sometimes he'll throw you change-ups you get a health scare like i did earlier in the year and had a biopsy and was facing things that i thought uh, i never thought i'd have to face Got a clean bill of health. And I thank God for that. So, so, sometimes you'll face sliders and there's financial pressures, and you thought you had everything secure. And then, and then you have a water leak in your house, and two feet of sheetrock is cut up on the entire interior of your house. Your bathroom is gutted, and you've had mold that you discovered and mildew growing in the walls like we're in the middle of right now sometimes you've got fastballs that come your way temptations oh my goodness and it just comes at you and you're like where did that come from temptation to, to look temptation to, to cheat temptation to steal temptation to lust temptations come at us he'll even Satan is so crafty he'll even try to bean you with the ball hit you with the ball he, he'll try to take you out of the game. He'll try to convince you that it's gonna hurt so bad, you might as, you might as well end it right now. He'll, he'll try to tell you that suicide must be the only answer. He wants you to give up, to just throw in the towel. But, but you listen to me. I know how scared you are, but it's time for you to be courageous. It's time for you to stay in that batter's box. I know it's scary, but no matter what you're facing, you're gonna have to stay in that box. You're gonna have to keep your eye on the ball You cannot drop this bat, you can't jump back anymore because no matter what he throws at you, with Jesus on your side, you stay focused, stay focused, you stay focused and you swing with everything you've got and when you hit that ball, you run. Paul tells us run with perseverance, the race marked out for you and don't you stop. Keep on running, go, go, go. This is your time. God is gonna use you in a mighty way and you know this, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one tells us that there's a whole lot of witnesses that are cheering you on. There's a whole lot of people that have gone on before us that have crossed the finish line, that have gone home, that are in heaven today, that according to this verse are looking down and championing you and cheering you on and saying, don't stop, keep going, don't give up, don't give in, persevere to the end. You're not alone. And with God's help, and with the Spirit of God's guidance, you're gonna round first. You're gonna round second. You're gonna pass third, and you are gonna get home. On July 4th, 1980, in that hot and humid day in in the Midwest, coach said one final thing and this is what i remember the most and here's what he said to me he said troy i troy i see grand slam potential in you now get up there and hit the ball i what does that mean a grand slam there's somebody on first somebody on second somebody on third you're up to bat you hit the ball you hit a home run and everybody gets to go home now, I'm, I'm taking this and I'm looking at this through my life today. I'm looking at it through the lens of Jesus Christ today, through the lens of his word. And I'm telling you, your coach, Jesus Christ, is saying to you tonight, I see grand slam potential in you that not only are you going to get home, but you're going to be responsible for helping so many other people get home and round the bases one day. I see grand slam potential in you because it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you said. It doesn't matter where you've been. Jesus believes in you. But the big question for you tonight, the big question in Modesto, the big question online is, do you believe in Jesus? And there's no question about it. He believes in you. You can't doubt that. His word is very clear. He's no respecter of persons. That means he has no favorites. I take that back. You're his favorite, and you're his favorite, and you're his favorite, and you're, and I'm his favorite, and we're all his favorite, right? No respecter of persons. He came to seek and to save all of us who are lost. Do you believe in Jesus? in Modesto and online and right here in Lathrop. Bow your hearts and bow your heads and close your eyes and honor God for just a moment this evening. I wonder if maybe you're listening to this message and you're like, wow, God, you're saying something to me tonight. And yes, I know you believe in me. Or at least I'm here and that's what Troy's saying. But I, I haven't believed in you. I haven't trusted you. I need to give you my life. I can't hold anything back anymore. I want to serve you. I want you to be the center of my life. I've been missing this. There's a missing piece in me. There's something broken inside of me. I don't want to live the same way I've been living. But I want to live a new life And if you wanna give your heart to Jesus, you can't pay anything, you can't join a church, you can't fill out a membership card. You simply receive from him, receive the free gift. And that free gift is not a box of Cracker Jacks. That free gift is the gift of salvation that his son Jesus on this Easter, on this Easter time rose from the dead victoriously to pay the price so that you could be forgiven of your sins. You see, sin requires a sacrifice. And Jesus was that sacrifice. And we can be forgiven because of what he's done. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you'd say tonight, Troy, I'm far from God, but I know I need him. I've been doing things I shouldn't do and thinking things I shouldn't think and saying things I shouldn't say. I've been participating in things I shouldn't participate in. Now, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but it's time for you to just come clean and say, God, I need you. I need you, I need you. I'm gonna to count to three, and when I get to three, whether you're in Modesto or you're online or you're right here, I want you to raise your hand and nobody's gonna judge you and nobody's gonna come and talk to you afterwards. This is between you and Jesus. But it's time, it's time, it's time. One, two, three, put that hand up. There you go, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on now, don't hesitate. If you say, Lord, I need you, I'm coming back to you, this is my night, I return to you, I'm not living the same way, I'm gonna give my heart to you fresh and anew, mighty, mighty, mighty God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Modesto and right here in Lathrop, man, I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. If you've got your hand lifted up, just kind of say it quietly where you're at, but speak it out, dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and change my life. Help me, Jesus. Jesus, I need your help I don't want to be the same I want to live victorious I need your forgiveness and I ask for your help in Jesus name in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen and amen and amen